How many of you have uh, ever taught Sunday school for little kids? Like, I'm talking four- and five-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, when you prepare a great lesson and you teach that lesson, and at the end you ask them the questions and review, what, what's that famous answer that, that that kid always gives? I know. What is it? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> you know, it, that's funny. You know, we're like, oh, no, you're so wrong. But, you know... Jesus is the answer. And uh, as we're talking about this intimacy and, and enjoying and walking with the Lord, um, you know what the number one question that people are asking me after we go through and we hear Scott speak and, and you, what you know what they're asking me is how? Like how do I take what we just heard and how do I make it real? And, and you know what my answer is? Jesus. And I, and I know that's oversimplifying it and to a degree, but it's really true. Is that it's it's all about going and being with Christ. And that's a hard discipline for us to do. We we get going in our day, and before we know it, it's it's one o'clock, and then we're, it's. It's five o'clock and we're like, oh, I still, I need to, I, you, we have great intentions to start with the Lord, to be with the Lord. And before we know it, it's like, well, it's, it's too late now. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. And, and we never, we never stop and we never be, it just, just be with Jesus. And uh, so as, as I've had opportunities to, to minister to different young people, they, they're come to they they they've seen my life they've they've heard my testimony that I shared with y'all last night, and, and they're looking at me and they're thinking, you you found the answer. What is the answer? And and I say it's it's Christ. It's Christ. I don't have a a method. I don't have a a a plan, except that I have drawn near to Christ. And so do you do you want to know what? You want to know what my my prayer life really looks like uh, that has made all the difference in my life that has totally changed my life this is what my prayer life this is what my prayer life looks like most of the most of the time it's like this sometimes sometimes it's just laying flat on my face before the Lord. And I realize that I'm still a broken man. And my strength is not, I'm not strong. I'm not a strong, I'm not strong, any stronger than I was before. I, I just, I walk with Christ. He's my strength. He gives me the victory. He's my joy. And today I, I wanted to, kind of share with you about this last year, some of the encouraging things that I've watched God do. Some of the things in my life that I could not accomplish, but I've watched God do. When I got home from the week of prayer, I was so eager to pray, I started to seek out the groups in my church that were praying. And we have a prayer group that has met for years on Wednesday nights. And that group, I, I've jokingly referred to that group as the Faithful Four. And, and I say the, I call them the Faithful Four because 
I would come by. Uh, we had oftentimes we had youth group on Wednesday nights, and I'd walk by that room, and there there was about four men in that room, and they were always there. Those same four guys every week, always there. And I called them the faithful four, but I always would pass quickly by that room because I didn't want them to say, "Hey, come on in and join us." And sometimes they would say, "Come on in and join me," and I'd be like, "I." I can't, I've got to, and I'd make up an excuse. I'd get away. So there was this group of the faithful four. And uh, as I was had shared my testimony and as people were kind of watching God work in me and renewing me and restoring me in this last year, that, that group in, in, in the week, about two weeks after that, the week where God worked in my heart, it went from the faithful four or five, it went, about 25 people and it was one night I walked into the to the prayer meeting and they had a few chairs set up and I started grabbing chairs and I started setting chairs up and and one of the men came in who was one of the men who'd been pretty faithful to that meeting he, he came in and he's like well, what do you think is going to happen here tonight and I I sat there and I said, I think God's going to bring his people to pray. And so the t- time came to start and and we had a little bit bigger turnout. It was about 10 people. And so we thought that was great. And we started praying and more and more people just kind of filtered in. Till that room was, this little room where we were meeting was, was full, about 25 people. And it was, it was so cool to, to just see God bring his people together. And that that meeting became my most treasured, one of my most treasured times of the week, meeting with those brothers and sisters and, and, and watching God work, watching God answer our prayers. One of the times I, I went and prayed with some friends and before the prayer time, I was talking with one of the guys, and he was saying, "Man, it's neat to see what God's doing in your life." He said, "I," he said, "I, I had a mountaintop experience like that once." I said, I, he said, "I want to get back there. I want to get back there to have that." And and that struck me as as funny. And I I thought about that for for several days, and really, my conclusion was. That's not that was not a mountaintop experience, and and I I kind of so what was it? Well, it, it, what happened was I I came the way I look at it is I came to the mountain, and I'm at the bottom of the mountain, but I'm climbing, and Christ is at the top, and and, and I want to be near Him, and so I'm climbing every day, hand over hand. If you've ever done any rock climbing, you know. You know how precise you have to be, and it's it's difficult in some days and or sometimes. And so I'm climbing, and I'm getting closer to the one that I love. He's right there, and I'm just climbing. And there's some days when the storms are just blowing and beating you. It's like you're clinging to the side of the mountain there. And and, and I don't make a lot of progress. Maybe I don't feel like I'm making progress, but but I am. And he's drawing me closer. He's drawing me closer. I really believe that the key is is that daily filling, that daily time with the Lord. 
I, you know, I showed you on my knees, on, on my face. That's, that's what I have to do. I, I, I have to get away. I, I've got three little kids. And, and we live with Scott and Lynn. There's a lot of activity in the home. I have to get away. I have to get away to a place where I don't have distractions, where I can be refreshed. Sometimes I just jump in the car and go for a drive and find a place to park where I can just pray. Um, sometimes my family, if they, if they leave, and I'll slip away to one of the rooms where there's a quiet place. And it's just being with Him every day. You do, I shared a verse with you yesterday in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. I want to look at that again. It says, You make known to me the path of life. And this is really what I want to focus on. It says, In your presence there is fullness of what? Joy. I've had so many people come to me and say, I, I, I don't have joy. Where do I find, how, what can I do to get joy? Well, what does the verse say? In His presence. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I believe that He wants us to come into His presence. And, and I, when I come away from those times when I'm able to be with the Lord in a quiet place, there is fullness of joy that I can't find anywhere else. I've never been able to find it anywhere else in this world. Nothing this world has to offer. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. There's no amount of money that I would trade those moments where God fills me with joy. Where, where the relationship is me walking hand in hand with the Lord. It's beautiful. I've described it this way a few times. That before I used to, it was almost like I would like in this building. You have a little foyer out here, right, with the door right behind these doors, and I would come into the foyer, and I would look through the window, and I would see what was going on in here, and 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 people enjoying the Lord and and praying. But I I would stay out there, and I would just look through the window, and I I didn't want to come in into fellowship with him. I didn't want to be near him. I didn't feel worthy because of my sin, probably. I, I didn't feel good enough. And he and he just called me in. And so what happened to me is that I've learned to come through those doors and, and I try to find the as as get as close to him as I can. Where 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 was that place where I can sit there and just sit at his feet and say, Lord, I teach me. Train me. Build me up. I, I can't handle life today. But I know that you can. There's so many times when trials and struggles and everything come into our lives. It's every, every all of us. We have that. Right? How we handle that is the key. And, and, and how we handle that, it's going to depend on have, are, are you near the Lord? If you're not, it's going to be so much harder. What I have is abundant life in Christ. I'm abounding. It's not a mountaintop experience. 
that would have that would have come to a close many many months ago what i have is abounding in christ i love that another good thing an encouragement um a few weeks after god began that work in me my wife shared with me in a in a private moment she said there was times where she wondered if she married the wrong person because I wasn't being the leader that she had always hoped for, the spiritual leader in the home. She's, that, that really hurt. I, I thought, man, that, that kills me that I wasn't being that for her, that she would go to the point where she felt maybe I married the wrong person. However, the encouragement is this. I don't know if she was talking to Scott or if we were in a group or whatever it was, but she said, I think she was talking to Scott, and she said, you know what? The Lord gave me a new husband. And she was able to see that God was at work in me and that God was answering her prayers for me. And it was so encouraging for her. And I shared with you a little bit last night that God began to work in her life. And he began to pull some things out of her life that she needed to deal with. And I and that wasn't by my prompting at all. It was just us coming together and praying. And in those intimate times, the Lord revealed, Cindy, you need to confess this sin. Some of those things I won't share with you. But it was beautiful for several weeks to, I would pray about something. I wouldn't tell her that I was praying about it, but I would pray about it. And then God would bring it to the surface. And then after she had dealt with that and she shared that with me, I'd say, I was, I've been praying about that for you. It's so cool that there's a part of us that we want to go, Let's, let me fix this in this other person. We just trust the Lord. We let Him work. Certainly, um, He's a much better fixer than me. He's a better fixer than us. I'm reminded every day that, that I am not just a new creation and that I've got salvation, but God is making me new every day. I wanted to give you guys some uh, thinking through maybe in the answer to what did it look like, how. Obviously, I showed you I was on my face, on my knees, but how do I do it? What do we do? Like, what's the next step? So I think that we kind of break it down. There's there's an individual responsibility. So each of you have a responsibility to have a prayer life. You're not dependent on someone else. It's just you going to the Lord, spending time with Him, and and, and being with Him. And and I'm not talking about, I I wouldn't encourage anyone to go, okay, I'm going to leave this weekend, and I'm I'm, I'm just going to pray for 36 hours straight. 
right? That's like encouraging you to go run a marathon tomorrow and you've never done any preparation for it. So little by little, little by little, start doing it. And for me, it's become just so much. I hunger and I hunger for so much more. So individually, you got to be doing it. My wife said just a couple of weeks ago, she was talking to one of our friends in Dallas. She said, her friend said, what's it like living with Dan now? And uh, my, my wife said, well, it's, it's been different. She said, he prays all the time. And, and she wasn't saying that in a negative way, but it, that was really a, a big adjustment for her to see me from going, being this guy that just sat in front of the TV all the time to being a guy that is praying and, and slipping away when I have opportunities, slipping away to be with the Lord. And that's made a big impression on her. To individually, just find that time. Start the day. I, I encourage people, start the day. I used to say, I, I end the day. And a lot of times at night before bed, I would say, oh, that's my time with the Lord. But what for me, really, the reality was that I was so tired that that time was just what I had left over. The energy that I had left over, and it was five minutes maybe. The morning when I wake up, I'm fresh. I have the energy. And, and I had to wake up, have to wake up a little earlier than I used to. But you've got to start somewhere, little by little. Family. I'd start, I'd encourage you guys to start in your families. First of all, husband and wives. Really, that became a, a real thing that I was real passionate about. Um, and I'm still is, is encouraging husbands and wives to pray together. And husbands, this is your responsibility to lead in this. The wives are perfectly capable to prod you and to call you and to beg you like my wife did me. But it's, it's our responsibility as men to lead our families. So many of the women that my wife has talked to have said, oh, if my husband would just lead, I just want him to pull me and, and, guide, and lead me into prayer. She, they want that intimacy. And some of the, the women that my wife has have talked to has said, I'm done with my husband. I don't want his leadership anymore. I found it on my own. That scares me. Encourage husbands um, to do your duty. It's not a, it's not hard. It's not it's not a bad thing. It's such a joy. My when I started praying with my wife after that week of prayer, we began praying every morning. And now, obviously, that was a that was an exciting time of life watching God work. But every morning. For sometimes an hour and a half, two hours, we were starting the day in prayer. And then at night before bed, we were praying for sometimes an hour, hour and a half. Morning and night, morning and night. That went for three months. And then it came to a halt. You know why? Because my wife had a baby. And so I realized that we have to be realistic that, that life's going to throw curveballs at us. And so then we have to, to readjust and go, okay, well, how do we maintain this um, prayer life? How do we maintain this when everything is different now? 
for two months, we had very little sleep, maybe two or three hours a night sometimes. And um, I was even finding it difficult individually to find that time to pray because it was, you know, up all night with the baby and then I'm going to bed handing off the baby I'm going to sleep my wife's up with the baby then I get up and then she hands the baby to me and we're just passing you guys know that cycle those of you that are parents that's difficult some of you I've watched carry kids in and out of the room here dealing with them it's hard it's hard but we you have to stay committed to that I, what I love right now with the, about this new relationship that I have with my wife is that at, we can I have had this with Scott for a while, but now I've seen this with my wife. I love it is that we'll be, uh, we'll come together and it's not even, not even an official time of prayer. It's just like coming together and then just start praying. I love that. And I, and I, it doesn't bother me the times when my wife says, hey, can we pray about this? Sure. Sometimes she's going to, Help remind me. This is a good time to stop and pray. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Individually, we just, we got to start doing it ourselves. And then from the overflow, we start to minister to our, our wives if we have wives. And then from the overflow, we start to pray in, in groups. You know, the times when we pray in this room, for me, that's, that's not nearly as intimate as the time when I'm by myself. There are things that the Lord tells me in those times that I just treasure. And, and, and he, he's, he's working in me, teaching me. But I love the times in, in groups like this when we can come together before the Lord. And people pour out their hearts. And I think those times need to be very humble. Very honest and transparent. Why do, we, why do we try to hide all the troubles in our life from the people that love us, right? I, I mean, that was my story. I'd go to church and I'm surrounded by all these people who I've known for 20 years. They invest, they've invested deeply into my life. And, and yet, how are you doing, Dan? I'm, I'm fine. It, we don't, we're never transparent. Our, our prayers are shallow. Our prayers are surface. We're never real. It was a blessing to be able to start to change that and, and to be able to pray. Just being, when I'm praying, I'm, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to the Lord. When, when, we're, when we're praying, it's, it's not a conversation between us. That should be reflected in our times of prayer. The next encouragement, I would say, is to to pray like Jesus. I did a study recently on how did Jesus pray. Like what, so I looked up all the passages that I could find where Jesus was going off to pray or what it looked like when he was praying. And um, I found so many cool things. But oftentimes, you know what I, what I saw? Jesus getting up early and going off to a, a place I, I, what stands out is he'd go off to a mountainside. There was, seemed to be a, he seemed to have had a place set aside where he could escape to. Maybe it was a cave. Maybe it was just a, a rock where he could watch the sun come up. And I was thinking, why? Why? I mean, he, 
Why would he do that? What's, the, what's unique about that time, though, of the day? A lot of times the kids are still sleeping. Sometimes the traffic hasn't even started running. It's quiet. There's not lights out. Like when the lights are out, I'm, I'm distracted by all the shiny things. Like I'm just, oh. One of the things that the Lord gave me after our baby was born, um, at first I interpreted it as a curse. And, and then later I, I realized that this was a blessing. And what it was was the doctor went to the doctor and the doctor said to me, you have to give her at least six hours of sleep a night. I was like, okay, because <laughs> I wasn't uh, doing very good with that. I was tired, she was tired, and she wasn't getting the sleep she needed. So we had it on this very good, we got a schedule going. And, and she would stay up with her, and then I would get up at about, depending on the night, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I would sit there holding a, a crying baby oftentimes that our little girl would fall asleep when you'd hold her. But when you'd set her down, she'd start wailing. So I'd have to hold her. And so I'm sitting there holding her, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't look, read my Bible, because it was dark. You don't want to turn the lights on. I, I couldn't really even hold my phone, because any time I moved, I was afraid I was going to wake up the baby. So he gave me these sometimes two, three, four-hour shifts in the night. And it was just time to pray. And it turned out to be such a wonderful blessing. And, and so what it was doing was it was teaching me the value of those times when we get away. And we, it was praying like Jesus in the early hours of the morning with no distractions as long as the baby was quiet. Right? Wonderful thing. Go off to the mountainside. Let me read one of the verses that I came across this last week. Luke 5, 16. After, after working, after ministering, we come to verse 16. And it says, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. What a great example. Did, did, sometimes I think, well, he, did, he didn't need that. He was Christ. He was God. But what's the example that he sets? He, he would withdraw, go to pray. The other encouragement is sometimes I, what I see is he would go off to the mountainside and he would bring some of the disciples with him. And then he would say, you wait here. And he would go off a little ways away and then he would pray. What was he doing there? What was the point of that? He was teaching his disciples to pray. He was setting the example for them. He wanted them to see how valuable this time was. I think we need to have individual prayer, family prayer, group prayer, church prayer. We need to be discipling others in prayer. Bring them along. Um, God blessed me to be able to get with some young men, possibly next Saturday night. They contacted me. They want to do a night of prayer. I don't know if I'm strong enough to do a night of prayer. I'm like, okay, well, you guys plan it. Let me know. If I can be there, I'll be there. 
that these these young guys are eager to pray. And they're 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 young. They 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 make a lot of mistakes. And so did I. And I still do. And God teaches us how to pray. When we do it, we practice. He understands when we make mistakes in prayer. Even when it's public prayer and we, we pray something, ah, that's not what I meant to say. I, I'm confused. Do you think he doesn't understand the intention of our hearts? He does. He just wants us to come there and be with him. The next thing I would say is obey the call. Obey the call to prayer. You ever had that where you know the Lord is saying, come and pray. Come and be with me. We need to, we need to pray now. You ever had that? You ever had the Spirit work in you that way where you're like, okay, I can't. I, mean, we, I, I, was, I became good at, at resisting that. But I'm trying to be very sensitive to that now. My mom, growing up, my mom's a prayer warrior. And my mom often would call this a wake-up call. And because it would happen in the middle of the night, and she would wake up, and she would feel like, okay, why am I awake at 2 o'clock in the morning? There's no, I didn't, there was nothing, no reason for us to, me to be awake. And she, what, she would, what she learned was the Lord was waking her up to come and pray. And so she eventually got to where she's like, okay, Lord, when you wake me up, I will go pray. And she's done that for so many years. And I can't tell you how many times, how many times where she's shared maybe with me or with one of my brothers, hey, I was up last night and I was praying for you. I have a brother who's not walking with the Lord. I don't know that he's saved. I don't think he's saved. And one night, my mom said to him, one, one day, my, my mom said to, to my brother Dave, she said, you're, uh, I was up for you last night praying. And he said, what time? And she said, the time. And he was in a, a situation that night that he could have lost his life. And uh, why, why was mom awake? She was awake to pray. Scott may share a, a, a story with you about the spirit leading his wife Lynn into prayer when Scott was in a bad situation health-wise in Africa. Um, obey the call. Last night, God called us to pray after the meetings last night. We got together, some of us, to pray fervently. I was up early this morning, again, in prayer. We have to obey the call. When I was in New Jersey a while back, I was sitting at a table with some guys and we were eating lunch and at some, I, I heard the call and I just said, I'm sorry guys, I have to go. And they were like, oh, well, okay. I said, I said, I have to go pray. And they said, okay. So I got up and I started to walk out of the room and there was a couple of other guys that wanted to talk with me and I said, sorry guys. I said, I have to go to pray. I was headed to the room, my room. So I have to go pray. So I went up. And I walked in my room. I'm like, I don't know why, what I'm supposed to pray about, Lord. I, I don't know why. And I walked into my room and one of my brothers was there in the room. And he was praying. 
or he, 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 was, he was thinking. He was just sitting there thinking. And we started to talk about what he was thinking about. And I said, we, this is why that we need to pray. And, and so we sat down together and we just, we spent a half an hour, 45 minutes praying. And it was a, it was a real um, important time that God had called us together to pray for some very important things. And uh, what if I had just said, no, I don't, I'm going to ignore that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to obey that call. It's, it's, it's growing. You have to grow, I think, to be sensitive to hear that. But God calls us to pray. We're supposed to pray continually, right? Some of us do that, go through the day. We pray continually. I asked you guys a question last night at the end. And I said, describe for me your prayer life. It's a question I've been asking a lot of the young men that I've been working with. Describe to me your prayer life. You know what answers I, I frequently get? And I was real familiar with these answers because these were my answers too. The first answer was, well, it's better than it used to be. It's better than it used to be. So I thought about that. like, is that really an answer? It's, it's, it, no, I want you to describe it to me. Like, tell me what you do. Like, what does it look like? Well, it's better than it used to be. That's kind of dodging the question, isn't it? You know what the second answer was? More spiritual. I pray continually. I pray continually. So when, I, when I'm when i on the go, I, I pray. And it kind of make me, made me think about, what if I did that? I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. We pray continually. But sometimes what it tends to look like is us multitasking and trying to do all these things and that we're just kind of having this side conversation and we're not really focused in on him and 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 we do need to be doing that but i don't want to overlook the importance of getting to with the lord spending time with the lord where it's just you and him and it's quiet and there's not the distractions it's a relationship we cannot forget that if if my conversations with my wife were just these little bits and pieces as i went throughout the day and that was all that I ever gave her from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed. If that was all I ever gave her was these, these little pieces of me, little conversations here and there. What does my wife want? She wants me every day, oftentimes in the day, to sit down with her, look her in the eye, and have a real conversation. That's what Christ wants too. Sit down with him. Sometimes the Lord is teaching me, Dan, it's time for you to close your mouth. You talk too much. I do. Oh, Lord, you need to... He's just saying, just, just, shh, shh, shh. Just be with me here. I've got something I need to tell you. There's so much more I want to share with you guys. He wants to have this intimate relationship with each of you. Is sin in the way? Are things in the way? Do you need to do like I did and take the TV and just kick it out the door? I, I don't believe TVs are sinful. 
I have watched TV since getting rid of my TV. I, I believe it's okay in moderation. But that's not how I watch TV. I binge. I watch. I overindulge. And, and it might not be TV. There's other things that we that become idols, that become in the way, that get that hinder us. Don't let anything, don't let anything in the way. Let's pray. Father, we are very dependent upon you. Last week at the week of prayer, our theme was teach us to pray. I pray and I ask you, I plead with you, Lord, that you will teach us to pray. That you will show each individual in here who has not yet really learned to pray what it looks like to walk with you, to have a relationship with you that's, that's beyond that legal document that Scott referred to. It's a friendship. We are shepherded. We are nourished. We are blessed. We are led. We are instructed. We thank you for all the things that you do for us in prayer. We thank you for Christ, who is the answer. And we pray that you will help us to draw near to him. Father, help us to overcome ourselves. Help us to have times like Scott described this morning where we go out on a walk and we just worship you. And we don't care what anybody thinks. Father, help the husbands in here to lead their wives. Help every individual in here to examine their life and say, what needs to go so that I have time with my Savior? Father, help the body to be a body that is healthy, completely dependent upon you. Help the body to be humble. Help the body to be willing to change, to be more like Christ in the areas where there's change needed. Father, my prayer when we drove in to this parking lot a couple days ago was, Father, make this church a lighthouse in this community where there's no doubt that the living God dwells here among the people. And that anyone could walk in and see God at work anytime, any day that the doors are open here. Or anytime that the saints are dispersed into their jobs around the city. As they interact with co-workers or whatever it may be, Lord. That they would be a light in this dark place. In Jesus' name, amen.